here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Round Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we are going into the uh, the Week 17 starts and sits. A little info on our end, a little crunching of numbers and gut feelings to kind of give you an idea of who we suggest as some of the best options at the position based on the matchup, uh, you know, based on a playoff push. And, and it's a friendly little competition between Pat and myself. Before we get started, folks, uh, just give you a quick heads up. You can always reach out to us multiple ways on social media and on the interwebs. Uh, you can go through www.the9routeffb.com. Uh, that links you to everything. If you're looking to just shoot us an email, uh, ask a question, the 9 route, FFB at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at the 9 route one I am at Scott from Delco. Feel free to contact us. Let us know how you're doing in-game. Uh, like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Uh, we are on YouTube, folks. We have a channel in there as well. So, again, you know, put us on in the background. Listen uh, and take the subliminals. And, you know, like we did last year, we did help one gentleman win a fantasy football championship. So we will take that. And hopefully this year, uh, you know, if we double that, great. Uh, I think we have a shot at double digits. What about you, Pat? Uh, listen, I'm counting my championship last year also. So that uh, we're going to say two. Uh, you know, I mean, you helped me win a championship, obviously doing this. So, but yeah, absolutely. We're looking to, you know, that that's our goal here is, I mean, obviously we love coming on and talking to each other about fantasy football and, you know, love the, the interaction that we get from the fantasy football community. But uh, the goal is to help people win at fantasy football. So yeah, we would absolutely, if you listen to the show at all, if we helped you at all, drop us a line on, on social media or, you know, like Scott said, send us an email let us know that that we helped you out. It definitely goes a long way in, in sort of keeping us motivated to continue doing what we're doing. Because as much as we love doing it, we want to make sure that there are people out there who are who are paying attention and listening, and and you know, hopefully, getting something out of uh, out of what we do here. So, I think uh, our start sit has become a fun little competition. So, I, I definitely look forward to doing this episode with you each week. We're guys that would love to compete and, and, you know, we're getting to the point now where we live too far away and we're too old to compete doing anything else. Uh, so we do it uh, mentally through fantasy football and, and it's a good way to keep us all together. And uh, it's a good way to assert my dominance over you, Scott, which is, is still apparently going on in our lives. I'm, I'm still kicking your ass at, uh, at fantasy football here. Dude, you're up five. <laughs> kicking, I would say no. I would say, you know, Beating me in the foot race, yes, which you've always been able to do because I am fat and slow, and you are now now fat, fat and slow. <laughs> but you know, actually, I think I might have a shot at the title now. Holy shit, you might. Um, but no, all kidding aside, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun to kind of go back and forth. And again, some of our rationales, and I, and I know that the the scoring system could get tweaked in the off season because <clears> it is a uh, it is a an interesting concept. You know, where you have you're talking about top ten and top fifteen finishes as qualifying people. I tend to lean sometimes towards my sit as a more of a fade on a, a money guy. And, and I, I have had a couple kind of right and a couple 
really wrong, but, you know, looking at the matchups and, and the thoughts that maybe some of these guys can't have a shot, you know, to, to maybe be on par with their normal season. But again, you're like you say uh, a lot, you know, some of these guys are plug and play, they're matchup proof and barring an injury uh, or a bye week, they're going to get you 15, 20 points just because they showed up to a game. And, and, you know, those are your top two, three first round guys that you're going to pick at each position. Those are your keepers that you'll never let go. You know, those are your players that usually will take you to a fantasy football title uh, this week. So it looks like I'm kind of hanging around. I know I got Michael Pittman as a sit going into this Monday night game as we record, right, Pat? Yeah, one left. Uh, we'll we'll do the the week sixteen review. So far, you are five and four on the week. You do have Pittman still going tonight. I finished the week at six and four, but again, because of the weird, you know, start sit dynamic where you actually have to beat the other player's score. You are ahead five to three. We did have another tie this week. Our defensive starts both scored the same amount of points. So another tie, which brings our totals so far pending, you know, that one tonight. I am up 80 to 75. We have four ties. So leaving the Monday night game, it will either be 81 to 75 or 80 to 76, in which case we will have a very interesting last two weeks of the season. I'm, I'm kind of hoping you win this one just to keep it fun and, and interesting coming down the stretch here. Cause I think, a I think a six point lead with two weeks to go the way that we score it is, I don't want to say insurmountable, but it's pretty tough. You'd have to basically beat me by three every week, which would be what it could, you couldn't even win six to four. You'd have to win both weeks, at least seven to three. So I, I don't know that uh, that's, that's really feasible unless one of us really kills it and the other one really poops the bed. So hopefully I'm kind of hoping you do get the win and, and keep it close. Cause you could pull a couple of six to fours the last two weeks and, uh, and even this thing up. And then, you know, then we'd have to do it and we'd have to go to the playoffs, I guess. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out, but uh, you are ahead as of right now coming into the day. So you have the option. Would you like to go through your starts and sits first, or would you like me to go first? Yeah. First of all, Reggie Miller had eight points in nine seconds. So any comeback is possible. <laughs> and on that note, uh, I will defer because uh, I feel like that is, you know, I stick with my birds and, and I will let you start so that I can take my mojo for a second half. <laughs> start sits. All right. So starting at the quarterback position, my start of the week this week is going to be Dak Prescott versus the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee has basically been a pass funnel all season. They rank fourth versus the running back position, but 31st versus the wide receiver position in fantasy football. I know the Cowboys do like to run the ball with their combination of Zeke and Tony Pollard, but they also have great pass catching weapons that I think are going to shine this week versus the Tennessee Titans. My only concern in this game and, and with, I guess, the Cowboys having to continue to throw the ball is that with Malik Willis at quarterback, the Titans could struggle to score against Dallas's good defense. And Dallas might be able to sort of take their foot off the gas in the second half if they have a big enough lead. But I think that the way the Cowboys are operating and as good as Tennessee's defense has been, even when they have to run the, the ball, at the end of the game, I don't see it being very successful. Tennessee has been really good against the running backs this year. And I think that the way for Dallas to win this game is to continue to move the ball through the air. And so I really like Dak Prescott this week at the quarterback position. Guy that I'm surprisingly a little bit of a 
a fan of, I guess. Um, career renaissance for one Jared Goff. Uh, looked to be, you know, a laughable trade piece that, that got Matthew Stafford a title. He goes to Detroit, struggles in his first season, and most people kind of had him written off. I myself, you know, used to talk about him being more like a mannequin, just standing there, not quite getting things done, and then was a product of the Rams offense has had a pretty solid season, especially of late, even in a tough loss the other day to the Carolina Panthers, which, you know, the, the Lions have been on a roll. Uh, in our league of record, he put up almost 34 points, 355, three touchdowns. Uh, he did lose a fumble. So, you know, that, that would have pushed him into that 35-point range. He's had some really good games this season, and he's got a good offense around him. Amon Ross St. Brown, you're seeing Jamison Williams get involved, DJ Chark, another prove-it contract in that offense, and then the running backs, uh, DeAndre Swift battling some injuries, and Jamal Williams have also uh, you know, contributed, but definitely the focal point of that offense going up this week against the Chicago Bears, who aren't going to be in the playoffs. Obviously, we, we kind of know that already, but when it comes to stopping quarterback position on the season coming into this week, they were... 24th, which is pretty bad. But over the last four weeks, they've been really bad. They are 32nd. They're the worst against the quarterback position. I'm looking to see Jared Goff right the ship, division game, crush this team, put up a nice 20, 25 point game, be a top 10, top 12 quarterback, maybe, maybe a little bit better. You never know. Some of these guys might struggle uh, and push him up the food chain. But I feel like Jared Goff this week against the Chicago Bears is going to be the start of the week at quarterback. All right, moving on to running back. My start of the week this week is going to be Zonovan Knight from the New York Jets. The Seattle Seahawks have sort of become the bizarro Tennessee Titans. They've been very good against the pass over the last six weeks, ranking second versus the wide receiver position but have been dead last versus the running backs in fantasy football. And Zonovan Knight has become the lead back in New York. He leads the team in carries since he started, you know, basically playing for the team back in week 12. And he should have carried the ball more last week versus the Jaguars. But for some reason, head coach Robert Sala decided that he wanted to throw the ball with Zach Wilson in a rainy, windy game where the Jets were never really too far behind. None of it made sense to me. Personally, I felt like Zonovan Knight should have gotten a lot more carries than he did last week, which, you know, he only ended up with six carries in that game versus Jacksonville, which was, you know, I just think a, a bad coaching call there. Even with the Jets getting Mike White back this week, I think Robert Sala will correct his mistake from last week and give Zonovan Knight the ball. Plus, if the Jets can get out ahead of the Seahawks, which I think is completely possible with White back at quarterback. You could see Bam Knight getting that clockwork at the end of the game and racking up somewhere between 10 and 15 carries, maybe throwing a couple targets in there as well. So uh, I really like him to find the end zone this week against Seattle. Uh, they've been giving up a ton of touchdowns on the ground as of late, and Knight is the goal line back for the Jets. So I think he absolutely has a good game this week. I think that you know the mistake that was made last week will you know kind of teach the the Jets that they need to make sure that they're mixing that running game in. If they want the passing game to be effective, the other team has to respect the run game as well. So I really like Zonovan Bam Knight this week versus the Seahawks. Well, I'm going to stick with New York running backs. Saquon Barkley is not a stranger to being a, a solid stardom. He's been pretty much like the fifth overall this season in fantasy football. Good to see he's back. 
not as an Eagles fan, but if you're a, an owner of that running back, you know, can do it all from the position, running, receiving, and so on. Over the last four weeks, he's been a top 10 running back, had a very nice couple of weeks in a row. Two away games, one in Washington, one in Minnesota, where combined uh, totaling just over 50 points in those two games. So definitely sees the health back and, and he's finally been able to get those numbers back up to par and quietly is a member of that Giants passing game. Uh, they got the Indianapolis Colts this week who are really bad against stopping the running back position. This is another matchup to kind of tee off on. On the season, they're about 27th overall against the run. Uh, last four weeks, they've been the worst. Nothing to say anything different this time around. A Giants team that's hungry for a playoff spot to solidify their move to the postseason. Going to try to run all over that Colts defense that, again, is just kind of you know trying to finish the season maybe strong, maybe not. Saquon Barkley looks to have re-established himself as one of the more dominant forces in fantasy football, coming back from a couple years of injury and doubt. And I think this week you could definitely pencil him in as a top five. I kind of think he's going to be a top two or three overall at the position. So Saquon Barkley, start with confidence. Not that you wouldn't anyway, but for me, uh, he'd be a league winner this week. All right. At the wide receiver position, uh, I got two guys here. I'm going to go with Christian Watson. Now, with him potentially being injured this past week, not necessarily knowing if, you know, at this point, if he's going to be able to play next week, I've also got Alan Lazard in there as my backup. So if Watson plays, I'm taking Watson. If he does not play, I'm going to take Alan Lazard because once again, I am picking on the Minnesota Vikings this week. Like I said, Watson is the most dynamic player in this offense, definitely in the wide receiver room, but maybe on the offense as a whole. But if he misses this game, Alan Lazard should be the guy to soak up most of the targets vacated by Watson. Lazard had 11 targets this past week versus Miami. And with Minnesota's ability to score in bunches, the Packers may need to throw to keep up in this one. Uh, I do think the Packers have leaned a lot more on their running backs in previous weeks, and it's been helping them win games. But I think in this game versus Minnesota, uh, again, unless the Packers defense really shows up and, and holds Minnesota's offense to under where they normally score as far as points per game, uh, I think the Packers are going to be forced to throw the ball. And I think either Christian Watson or Alan Lazard will have uh, the majority of those targets and you know, will definitely be able to beat this Minnesota defense for a good amount of fantasy points this week in your fantasy championship. That could be true, but I'll tell you who I like a little bit more. I, <laughs> I am going with one Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It leads the team in targets again, uh, has had some really nice matchups throughout the season, has another one this week against the Carolina Panthers in what turns out to be a tough division game that will possibly decide the division. Godwin banged up the season, missed a few games, but has definitely over the last year, including this season, leapfrogged Mike Evans as the wide receiver one for those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where Mike Evans kind of gave you that Possession, big body receiver, uh, you know, has more yards than Godwin. But Godwin has 22 more receptions than he does, tied in touchdowns so far this season, and occasionally gets a little bit of that jet sweep action that, that could lead to a big play and a big game for him. Chris Godwin has a great matchup this week against the Carolina Panthers, who on the season had been one of the bottom feeders against the wide receiver position, had played a little better as of late, but Word of note that J.C. Horn, star quarterback who 
got banged up as a rookie last year, missed time, uh, has a broken wrist, and will probably miss the rest of the regular season slash playoffs if they were to qualify, though it doesn't look that way. Uh, I know there's whispers that the Carolina Panthers were going to work out slash probably sign Josh Norman. That doesn't scare me at all. And again, the way you know, you kind of see Tampa Bay just realizing, hey, just get into the playoffs. We'll see what happens when we get there. But Chris Godwin is one of the better wide receivers in the league, and he has a fabulous matchup this week against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I like Godwin this week. I think the Bucks are they're not playing very well, but they're playing well enough to, you know, win these close games and it's gonna be a good a good matchup. And and like you said, whoever wins this game is most likely going to win that division. So this is Kind of an early playoff game for us here in week 17. All right, moving on to my tight end start of the week. I'm going to go Tyler Higby versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Since Baker Mayfield has joined the Rams, they're 2-0 after winning only three games through their first 13. And that's without Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. The Rams are playing better and winning games. And there's a couple of reasons why. First, They've had a couple of easier matchups. I mean, let's be honest, Las Vegas and Denver are not, they're both under 500 teams, but they've also been running the ball more effectively and playing better defense, which, you know, is not really a Sean McVay thing, but I think, you know, the Rams in the state that they're in sort of need to do that. But also Tyler Higby has really stepped up over the last few weeks. He's caught 13 of 16 targets for 131 yards and three touchdowns in the last two weeks alone. He's shown that he can produce when targeted, and Mayfield seems to target him a ton. He's actually out-targeted the next closest pass catcher on the team, which is Van Jefferson, 16-7 to over the last two weeks. The Rams are running a lot more play action off of their run game, and it seems to be working for them, and that's also where Higby seems to be making his hay as far as fantasy production goes. He's a great option versus the other team from LA this week, which, you know, it's just sort of like an extra home game almost for the Rams getting to play at the LA Chargers. But uh, I, I think that Tyler Higby has sort of, you know, if you look at his overall game numbers, he's been a top 12 tight end six times so far this year. And except for a few games where, you know, they just got boat raced and, and couldn't do anything on offense during all this transition where people were getting hurt. Beginning of the season, Higby was really good, and now coming back down toward the end of the season, uh, has had two top 10 tight end finishes in the last two weeks. And uh, and I, I see that moving forward as Baker Mayfield continues to start a quarterback for the Rams. Yeah, uh, had a big game yesterday. Different quarterbacks are going to identify different positions a certain way until they can get used to that offense. Yeah, you might want to ride that hot hand with – Tyler Higby, but a tight end who has had a, an odd season. You know, was highly touted to be a top five tight end. It's currently about 17th on our league of record. But over the last four weeks has been a top five tight end. Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. Not big on, you know, back-to-back or two in the same starting lineup in a start sense. But you have to give talent its due. And, you know, for a guy that... It was weird. There was a contract issue in the offseason. They drafted Jake Ferguson to be, you know, I guess the heir apparent. Dallas just grows tight ends down there if there's ever been a position that they, as Eagles fans that we know, they just always have that next guy in the pipeline. It went from 
you know, Jay Novacek to Jason Witten, and now you get into Dalton Schultz, and, and, you know, you've had a few other blips on the radar there in between, but he's got a good matchup this week against the Tennessee Titans, who last year, division winner, number one overall in the AFC, and get, you know, embarrassed by the eventual AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, and ever since, it seems like that team is just not the same team. And there was a team that lived off of their defense and their running back. Well, the running back's still good and is back healthy for this season. The passing game has been, you know, suspect. And now you're talking about a Tannehill injury for the rest of the season. So we'll see what the rookies got in Malik Willis. But their defense really did well. And this season, they have not played as well. And they are not playing well at all against the tight end position. Overall in the season, they are the fourth worst. Last four weeks, the second worst. Going up against an offense that, Again, could put up 40 to 50 points a game just by showing up. If you have the ability to get Dalton Schultz in your starting lineup, please do and do it with confidence because this is a week where he could really excel and finally do that top three, top five tight end for the week. He's done a lot of his damage without the touchdowns, but uh, again, this strikes me as a week where he definitely gets one against the suspect defense against the tight end. Moving on to the defense. I am going to start the Kansas City Chiefs this week versus the Denver Broncos. We mentioned the Chiefs as one of our favorite streaming defenses a few weeks ago, and this matchup was one of the reasons why. The Broncos offense has been so putrid this year that Denver, you know, as we talked about earlier in the week, has fired their head coach after just 15 games, and Russell Wilson looks like maybe the biggest trade bust since the then-Washington Redskins gave up three firsts and a second round pick to move up to draft Robert Griffin back in 2012. Denver ranks dead last versus opposing defenses, giving up 12.3 fantasy points per game. They can't score. They turn the ball over and they tend to play in very slow, low scoring games. Even the games where they don't necessarily turn the ball over a lot. They're still not scoring a bunch. The pace of play is really slow, which is just, you know, it's not good for fantasy pieces, and it's, it, it turns out to be really good for fantasy defenses. The Chiefs have the ability to score on pretty much anybody, even this tough Denver defense, and that could force the Broncos to throw the ball more, which has not been a winning game plan for Denver so far this year. In their Week 14 matchup, Kansas City had six sacks, two interceptions, and a defensive score versus Denver and put up their highest point total of the season. I think that you can start the Chiefs again with confidence against this very bad Broncos offense, who's obviously in the midst of change at the head coach position. We, we don't know what other changes are, are going to come down the pipeline. You know, like we said, we record this on Monday. So, you know, by Thursday of this week, you could see Russell Wilson potentially benched. You know, there's there's a ton of other things that could happen to this team or with this team between now and next weekend. So it's definitely one of those things where you definitely want to get your Kansas City Chiefs defense out there against the Denver Broncos if you have the opportunity. Uh, I do want to quick hit you on that, the concept of the trade, I guess, to say. It was bad. I mean, now the Washington trade for Robert Griffin, I will say, it looks bad in hindsight. But that injury, I think, that he suffered in the playoff game, I believe it was against Tampa Bay, where he had, what, complete knee tear, you know, everything else that could have worked against them kind of crushed them. Yeah, I, I feel bad. I, I just feel like it wasn't quite his fault to be 
that guy and never could quite get back to being as healthy. They they didn't protect him in Washington. They kind of just threw him out there. I think there's been a few other ones. Herschel Walker, mm-hmm. Ricky Williams that have been maybe a little bit more on par with uh, with the, the level of, I can't believe that just happened now when you look at it in hindsight. I was just sticking with the quarterback comparison there. But yes, I did. I, Ricky Williams was actually the first one that came to my, my mind when I was prepping this morning. But, uh, you know, because of the fact that he's a running back, I was like, oh, let's, you know, let's let's go on to something that's a little bit more, you know, across the table as far as quarterbacks go. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Griffin probably wasn't necessarily considered a bust immediately the way Russell Wilson has been this year for sure. No, then you go back to that. The ultimate heist <laughs> is the uh, is the Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings, and there was a, a third party, the, the San Diego Chargers, in there. But yeah, Dallas basically created a the last great franchise they had based off of that trade uh, with with the Minnesota Vikings moving Herschel Walker, picking up multiple first, second round picks, and you know uh, they can hang their hat on that from 25, 30 years ago. That's fine. <laughs> no worries. I uh, just want to take a little swing at the Cowboys there. Too. <laughs> Any um, chance you get, right? My defensive start of the week is those Atlanta Falcons. They have been eliminated from playoffs based on this past weekend by losing. They just, with the tiebreakers, they have no shot if the record's evened out. But they're going up against the Arizona Cardinals, who just flat out stank. I mean, they, they just, you know, they, they put up a little bit of action points-wise and, and stuff like that. But to me, that's a team that, if you've ever had a team that's just kind of Meh. You know, you, you look at them and you say, what? Well, you know, they had a big injury to a quarterback that wasn't that good. And then they lost a backup quarterback. And now you're talking about Trace McSorley, who I had the unfortunate pleasure of starting in a playoff game this week, who got me just a shade over five points. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're just a really bad football team that doesn't really score a lot of points, that doesn't do a lot of damage, that with that quarterback and that inept offense somehow took uh, Tampa Bay, who's a bad team themselves, took them to overtime. But at the end of the day, I I think that the Falcons are going to kind of tee off on them, take out a little bit of their frustration. They're at home. So Arizona has to travel. And throughout the season, uh, the Falcons have had a pretty decent defense sometimes, uh, you know, being a top five or 10 for a couple of weeks there. uh, I think they're going to try to finish strong and look to build on stuff with a lot of young players, Arthur Smith is going to try to do what he can to hang on to his job. So I like me the Atlanta Falcons to destroy the Arizona Cardinals this week in Atlanta. That's my defensive start of the week. All right, let's move on to our sits at the quarterback position. I am going to sit Derek Carr again this week versus San Francisco 49ers. I called for a benching of Derek Carr last week and was on the money with that one. And then this week, Carr gets an even tougher defense in the San Francisco 49ers. Over the last six weeks, San Francisco is the fourth best defense versus the quarterback position, giving up just 12.5 points per game. The Raiders are basically out of the playoffs picture at this point, and the 49ers could technically be playing this game with the number one overall seed in the NFC still up for grabs, depending on what happens in that Eagles-Saints game. Last week, Derek Carr threw three picks in what was one of the worst offensive games the Raiders have played all season. I can't, in good conscience, tell anyone to play Derek Carr in their championship game versus this really tough San Francisco defense. So he may not necessarily have as bad of a game as he did last week, but he's definitely not going to find his way into 
uh, any of my lineups going for a, a fantasy football championship this week. So I think you can 100% find better options out there than Derek Carr versus the 49ers this week. My sit of the week is one Deshaun Watson. Ironically, not feeling him this week against the Washington Commanders, who on the season have had a you know an average defense against the quarterback, but the last four weeks have really stepped up, realizing that they are currently playoff bound, and yeah, you, you got to beat the other team's quarterback to to be relevant. You, you can't get lit up by anybody, uh, a rookie up and comer, a seasoned veteran. Anybody in between going up a commander's defense right now that is top six in the last four weeks in our league of record have played against some some decent teams. Don't don't get me wrong, but Deshaun Watson obviously coming back and getting a midseason start to get back to form, so to speak, for the Cleveland Browns just had a, a tough matchup this week, weather permitting and, and against a tough defense against the Saints, who. Uh, he did pick up a rushing touchdown, but if you take that touchdown away, uh, he scored about not too many points. Uh, <laughs> got him at about 11, so you take away that touchdown, you know, you can start through the math. He did pass for a touch. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He threw a pick. So that kind of negated that. So, yeah, you're talking, you're, you're like under five points, which at this rate, Cleveland's got nothing to play for. And, and really, it's just kind of almost like preseason games for him going against a Washington team in Washington that, again, is currently playoff bound. I think Deshaun Watson gets eaten alive and might need a rub down at the end of this game. <laughs> All right. Well, at the running back position, my sit of the week is going to be Rashad White versus the Carolina Panthers. After a few weeks stretch where White was out snapping Leonard Fournette, the Bucks have started to swing back towards Fournette the last two weeks. Leonard Fournette is out snapped Rashad White 92 to 58 and leads White in carries 30 to 18. Now, you might say, well, White is more of their pass catching back. And while over the course of the season, you'd be right about that, over the last two weeks, that's gone to Fournette as well. He leads the team 14 to 6 in targets. It seems as though the Bucs are starting to rely a little bit more on playoff Lenny, as he was called uh, <laughs> a few years back now that every game is basically a playoff game for them. And this one will truly be the make-or-break game for the Tampa Bay Bucks. If they lose to Carolina this week, they can basically kiss their playoff chances goodbye. Not to mention the fact that the Panthers are the second-toughest matchup versus the fantasy running backs over the last six weeks. They've only given up an average of 13.8 PPR points per game. In this must-win game for the Bucks. I think you're going to see a lot more of Fournette and a lot less of Rashad White. I would be very, very scared to play him this week in my fantasy championship, even if he was one of the guys who helped me get there. And I actually, this is the one league that I'm still in the playoffs. I have Rashad White, and there's absolutely no chance that I am playing him this week. I would look to the waiver wire before I would put him in my lineup. I just don't think that the Bucks trust him enough to give him the type of work that's going to be necessary to score fantasy points for your fantasy championship. A uh, guy that I sadly am feeling like needs to be sat this week is one Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills. Tough matchup this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. They are one of the better teams all season long, a top 10 against the running back position. Both season long and the last four weeks have been about ninth best. So that's 
pretty solid, and that's a position if you can key on just like quarterback uh, that is going to win you games. We've seen Cincinnati with a much improved defense compared to last year. One of the biggest reasons this game does look like it has shootout potential, two top offenses, uh, potential AFC championship matchup, obviously Kansas City, obviously the the third team in that three-team top dog level of the AFC. But James Cook has kind of quietly come on. Beginning of the season, rookies don't always get the play that you would expect, and understandably so. But over the last four weeks, he's just under one point less than Devin Singletary in overall points in our PPR league of record. And when it comes to receiving, that is really the one thing that has stood out to me. Just taking a look down the list, he's tied for sixth in receptions at the running back position with Dalvin Cook Mm -hmm. at 11, both of which have one touchdown. So the Cooks know how to cook, unlike a Denver quarterback. But at the end of the day, I think that you're starting to see a little bit more of the seeding, beginning with a C, of that running back position to James Cook, drafted out of Georgia, high potential, dual threat. He might be a guy right now, if you're in those dynasty leagues, you're obviously already an owner. But if you're in a redraft league that does keepers or a straight keeper league, and he's floating around on the waiver wire, just a side note that James Cook might be worth it. I think Devin Singletary is quietly getting leapfrogged, and James Cook is going to be a guy in mid to late January you're going to see really step to the forefront. Devin Singletary, I think you're a good running back, but I think you're going to be on a new team next year. At the wide receiver position, I am going to sit Demarcus Robinson this week versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Robinson caught the only touchdown actually for either team in last week's win versus Atlanta in what was a very low-scoring defensive battle. This week should pretty much be no different. Like I had talked about earlier with streaming defenses with Pittsburgh and Baltimore, both of these teams have struggled offensively, uh, especially lately, and both defenses have gotten progressively better as the season's gone on. Baltimore has actually been the number one overall defense in fantasy football over the last four weeks, and Pittsburgh is right there with them as the number three overall defense. Pittsburgh, however, is fourth versus the wide receiver position in that span, whereas Baltimore is 13th. And Pittsburgh also has the luxury of playing a backup quarterback and a wide receiver core that's pretty much been beaten up all season and is missing their number one wide receiver. This game has the lowest over-under on the week. It opened at just 36 points. And honestly, I find it hard to believe that they're even going to get close to that number. This is going to be one of those AFC North matchups that we've talked about on the podcast numerous times. A really low scoring, you know, defensive battle that ends up with one team pulling out like a 13 to 10 win or something like that. I really want no parts of either passing game in this matchup, but especially not the Ravens wide receiver. The only person that I think could have a decent game would be Mark Andrews, but even he hasn't been producing lately. So against either one of these teams, I really don't want to play any pass catching options, but especially considering, you know, at least the Steelers have Deontay Johnson, they have George Pickens, you know, they still have their options there. So I think those guys could potentially have okay games. But even then, like I have Deontay Johnson in our league of record and I'm still in the toilet bowl. I will be finding any way I can to not start him, but I'm sure as heck not starting any wide receivers on the Baltimore Ravens, at least until Lamar Jackson gets back. Yep. Should be a slugfest at AFC North as they always do. Uh, my wide receiver sit for this week. And again, kind of 
leaning on it a little bit based off of uh, potential injury that might keep him a little suspect is one Chris Olave, who uh, has had a very solid season. Top 25 wide receiver as a rookie uh, has really shown the ability to make big plays, catch touchdowns, stretch the field. Uh, he's everything that they expected, possibly and more, in, in the New Orleans Saints offense, albeit a team that is still in the playoff hunt in their division, uh, looks to win this week, hopefully, against the, the Philadelphia Eagles. But if Olave is going up against that secondary, which, you know, had, had a little bit of a chink in the armor against the Dallas Cowboys this week, uh, I think it's a different animal, different offense with those uh, with the New Orleans Saints. That being said, if Olave's not at 100%, he may not play. So obviously that would make me change my pick. But if he has a hamstring injury, he's going to try to play. This is a big game for them, so he probably will. He might not be at 100%. The level of cover corner that they've had from Darius Slay and James Bradbury all season long, one a, an official pro bowler and one who should have been a pro bowler. And again, I don't see him really succeeding this week against those Philadelphia Eagles. So for me, Chris Olave, great season, fabulous rookie player. Uh, again, the health could be a factor. Uh, was held out of this past week against Cleveland, but you got two games to go for the division, but it's a tough matchup, and I don't see you doing much except sitting on the bench this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, my sit of the week at the tight end position is going to be Hayden Hurst versus the Buffalo Bills. With Hurst possibly coming back off injury just like Olave, you're already looking at you know a spotty option at best, but facing a Bills defense that's only giving up 7.4 PPR points per game to the tight end position over the last six weeks doesn't help either. I think if Hurst is good to go in this one, he still has a tough matchup, obviously, and this game could be one where both teams are trying to control the clock, run the ball a little bit more, keep the ball away from the opposing offense, I mean, it could also go the other way as well. And, you know, they could be throwing it around the yard and trying to outscore each other. But I think with the recent injury mixed with the fact that he's got a really tough matchup versus the Buffalo Bills has me very concerned about Hayden Hurst fantasy prospects this week. Again, talking about your fantasy championship, I don't really want to go into a championship week with any question marks at any positions. If, if you're looking at, you know, a guy like Olave, you're looking at somebody like Hayden Hurst in your starting lineup. Not really the, the type of players that I'm looking to to get in my lineup when they're, they're just coming back off of, you know, missed games. For Hayden Hurst, it's been uh, three games in a row that he's missed. So mm -hmm. he's definitely, even though he does look like he's back on track as far as the reports are going to, you know, to get back into practice this week and possibly play, I just don't want to play anybody coming off of a, a three-week-long injury against a you know one of the best defenses versus the tight end. So Hayden Hurst uh, firmly on my bench and and probably not even on my bench. If you're not playing a, a tight end, there's no point in holding on to him at this point. So uh, I think Hayden Hurst is is droppable at, at this point in time. Yep, it's a shame, but it sounds like you are right there. Uh, another tight end. Speaking of droppable. For some of you that have been holding out hope for Cameron Brait of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has only had one double-digit scoring output in our league of record and has been pretty banged up and hasn't really seen a lot of targets. And there's a young man by the name of Kate Otten who was drafted to kind of be that next-level tight end on that team. Obviously, no Gronk this season, although he's threw out a cryptic tweet and everybody immediately took it around with it like he was coming back for the playoffs. That remains to be seen. But Cameron Brait, who had 
you know, flashed some potential for the last couple seasons as as a second and third option and made some big plays and had some double-digit games. You definitely aren't going to see him do anything. And, and Otten, I think, is going to struggle as well against the Carolina defense that, again, is playing for the division and is a defense on the season that has been 11th best against the position, but over the last four weeks has been the best against the tight end position. Some of that is matchup-based, yes, but at the same time, you know, we, we see what is left of this Tampa Bay offense, and it's wide receiver-driven, it's Chris Godwin, it's hot-handed running back, you know, Otten gets the looks not great, and he hasn't been healthy. So uh, for those of you out there that are trying to do a desperate play at tight end with Cameron Brake, don't do it. Again, if Otten's out there, he's the better option, but I would stay away from all Tampa Bay tight ends this week. They don't have a shot. It's a tough defense. The best over the last four weeks, the Carolina Panthers against the tight end position. Yeah, you don't even want to play running backs that are splitting carries. You sure as heck don't want to play tight ends that are splitting snaps. Mm -hmm. All right, my sit of the week at the defense position is going to be the Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I know the Bills are one of those defenses that, you know, people, I know in a couple of the leagues that I've been in this year, they were like getting drafted on like the eighth, ninth round, which is absolutely ludicrous. But this week versus Cincinnati Bengals, in the event that this game does go nuclear, which is – 100% 100% a possibility. I'm avoiding a very good Bills defense this week. Cincinnati can absolutely score with the best teams in the league. They rank inside the top eight in points, red zone efficiency, turnovers, and total yards. So do you really want to play your fantasy defense as good as the Bills are and as good as they've been? Do you really want to play your fantasy defense in a championship game against a team like the Bengals who, I mean, they could put up they could put up 40 on the bills. You know, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They've gotten even better at not allowing sacks on burrow this year, a stat that they were the absolute worst in the league at last season. I think as good as the bills defense is this season, you're just going to want to find another option this week versus the Bengals. I I think that, you know, I'm, I'm in the, of the opinion that I would rather play a mediocre defense against a bad team than play a really good defense versus a good team which I believe is what you have here with the Bills and the Bengals. Yeah, uh, definitely has potential. Like you said, nuclear <laughs> is an option. I, I don't see there being a an under 30 anywhere near that game. Uh, <laughs> no. Speaking of under 30, again, the Denver Broncos, we've been piling on them the last two podcasts, and we're not the only ones. Head coach fired, quarterback offense struggling. Their defense has been pretty good throughout the season. Kept them in games, really kind of – we're able to to get the job done and, and we're startable in most situations. Not every defense gets you double digits, but they had a couple outputs. They had 19, 14, 12, 10. As of last week against Arizona, they they really played them tough. And again, that's a that's a bad offense, a wounded animal. Going against the Los Angeles Rams this week uh, on Christmas Day, and that was kind of the the end of it. They had no stats to speak of. They gave up 45 points. One was a pick six, so their defense doesn't get credit for losing those points. But they were a minus four. After all season long, uh, you know, again, the lowest was two and one points, things like that. That team has given up as a whole. You know, they got two games to finish the season, and these guys are going to make business decisions. There's nothing to play for. It's a shame to see a, a pro franchise kind of fractured the way that they are. Not that I'm a Broncos fan, but I'm not a Broncos hater. 
Yeah, good luck. You get the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Best, you know, offense and everything else under the sun in, in the NFL. Pat Mahomes, the Broncos are just going to be a sacrificial lamb for a team that is not only in the playoffs, but depending on what shakes loose from that Bills Bengals game, uh, you know, the Chiefs are right there too. This is going to be a fight to the top for these three teams, and the Chiefs don't want to back out. They wouldn't mind having a week off. Andy loves that. If the Bills lose to the Bengals and then the Chiefs win, you're talking about three teams at eight and three. Then it comes down to tiebreakers, which Buffalo would still hold. So Kansas City really needs to win out, and they are going to unleash hell on the Denver Broncos. Not like it takes much. Don't start them. Broncos should be dropped immediately for the rest of the season. I wouldn't put them anywhere near my starting lineup, even on my bench. You can use a better roster spot than that. Yeah, they uh, the defense was the one thing holding them together, and it seems like, like you said, it seems like they fell apart this week. All right, folks, that's going to do it for our starts and sits for week 17. Hopefully we've done enough this season to, to get you to your fantasy championship game, and, and hopefully these starts and sits will help you to make some decisions moving forward in your week 17 matchup. Uh, again, make sure that you follow us on social media. We do put out a lot of information you know, during the week and especially Saturday, Sunday, right, right before the games kick off. Our Twitter handles are at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. We also have a website that you can check out, which has our episodes on there. It's got links to our YouTube links to our email address and all that good stuff. Our website is www.thenineroutffb.com. You can also email us if you have any questions uh, you know, start sick questions or just anything in general. Our email address is the nine route FFB at gmail.com. We also want to take a second to thank Mickey's pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey for partnering with the show. If you're looking for a great place to watch the NFL on Sunday, Mickey's is it great food, drink specials, and all the football you can handle Mickey's pub, three twenty seven East main street in Tuckerton, New Jersey, where friends and family meet. That is going to, Lead us into, I guess these games are all on New Year's Day, right? Well, most of these games are going to be on New Year's Day, if I'm not mistaken. So going to be a lot of hungover football watching going on this weekend for your fantasy championships. Scott, you got anything you want to throw out there before we head out? You know, again, we appreciate everybody listening, subscribing, liking, not liking. You know, let us know what we do right, what we do wrong. We have a lot of fun doing this and you know, competing against each other on this level and, and giving you some knowledge that hopefully takes you to that next level to go deep in your fantasy football playoffs to a title. You know, Pat, it sounds like uh, I won't talk to you until next year uh, when it comes <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, and uh, like you said, yeah, it's uh, Thursday night, Dallas, Tennessee. The bulk of the lineups are on Sunday. And then that Buffalo Cincinnati caps off the end of week 17 with still one more week to go <laughs> uh yes they extended it so we are excited you know we know some folks have pushed their playoffs to take over that whole run uh, a lot of people stay away they used to stay away i think now you know as the the parity has become more and more that there is more tangibility to some of these teams and leagues playing all the way up until week 17 now week 18 for pat i am scott we appreciate you listening here at the Nine Round, wishing you and your family a very happy, prosperous, and healthy new year, especially on the fantasy football front. We will talk to you in 2023. Peace.